Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted you're able to tune in with us yet again for another show. Now, before we do get started and get into the top trending stories here in Thailand today, don't forget to like this video and do subscribe to the channel. And also, don't forget to turn that notification bell on so that YouTube will let you know when the next Thai Expat Daily Show podcast is uploaded onto the platform. Now, if you like listening to us on a podcast, podcast player there's a link down below in the description where all the available podcast players can be found and finally if you like the show if you want to support the show you can do so by buying us a coffee and the link is also down below in the description so now that's all done and dusted let's get into today's stories and of course the news over the last few months and few weeks now has been really dominated by the political landscape and situation that has been developing here in the country so it may come as no surprise that the top stories today are all to do with the formation of a government and of course the picking of a new prime minister so we're going to jump into the stories that are most focused on that and we have a couple of other things but firstly i just want to get into something else before i start and that's to let people know about the daily traffic accident reports here in thailand now over the last week 17 foreigners have been killed on the roads here in thailand and it's far too many people that are dying here in the roads and the main reason and mostly by the way on motorbikes mainly from not wearing a helmet, driving too fast, just not knowing what they're doing on these bikes. But I want to give you the figures here in Thailand. And today, uh, let's say it's the 8th of August, and we'll give you the numbers for the 8th of August. Today, we had 1,605 people injured on the roads, with 16 people dying. Now, and total, the total data for this year, 483,501 injuries on the road with over 8,830 people losing their lives while on the road. And the majority of these are motorbike related. Thailand's roads are not safe. And particularly if you're a tourist, if you're coming here to Thailand and you've never ridden a motorbike before, my advice to you is just don't do it. It's not worth it. And many people think they can ride motorbikes because they think, oh, it can't be that hard. They get on their bike and the next minute they have an accident. By the way, a minute accident, a little fall or anything like that can cost you thousands of dollars or euros in the hospitals here because, you know, when you're hit skin on concrete, you get injured badly here and i notice a lot of foreigners you see them on motorbikes nobody's wearing proper motorbike equipment of course like the locals as well so when they do have accidents you know it's skin being ripped off it's very bad head injuries it's broken limbs and all these things and i want people to understand that when you head out on the roads here in thailand please be careful it is not a place for amateur driving even though a lot of the drivers out here are very much amateurist if you're on the roads and i was not driving today yet again an hour and a half uh, from uh, phuket to uh, panya province i mean the things that i've seen on the road and i think someday i'm just going to turn on the gopro and show a video of driving in thailand and what it looks like it is just horrendous people driving around bends and veering into the next lane because they can't stay in the lane that they're meant to be or they're sitting in the middle of two lanes because that's how they think they should drive indicators not being used never it's a guessing game whether the car is turning left right or just keep going straight so you know there's a lot of things and of course don't forget the ghost riders that's why when people are driving the wrong direction up the road and that happens all the time here and not just motorbikes by the way cars i've seen cars doing it too so it's all over the place and it is dangerous out there and of course with the monsoon season now it's even worse so if you are out there please 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 take care on the roads and if you're not used to driving a motorbike if you've never 
driven a motorbike. Thailand's not the place to start learning. Anyway, that's my bit for today on that. So let's jump into the other stories. Now, the Pua Thai party have been slammed on social media for betraying its voters. And what is this all about, you might add? Well, the Putai party slogan, Chase Away the Mouse, Strike the Cobra, which was used in the general election in Sisaket province, has top-trended on Twitter, or better known now as X, after the party announced their partnership with the Bumjai Thai party. Yes, the Bumjai party party who are being led by Anutan Sharvakul, who was the famed Minister of Health during the COVID, uh, to become the core in the formation of the new government. Two Move Forward Party MPs appeared to be upset with the newly formed alliance between the two former political rivals. Amarat Chakamakul tweeted, they are kissing each other, while Natacha Boon Chanasawut wrote, every policy the Move Forward Party announced during the election campaign was not only intended to garner votes, but was a pledge to the people. Defending the party's slogan, the Puatai leader, Chalan Sirkao, said that it was used to win votes for the party. It was just a campaign technique. And in particular, Puatai is not an enemy of anybody, he said, adding that after the party had received a mandate from the people, now it's time for it to do its duty as mandated. The Fair Pay Party's Vision and Policy Committee Chairman, Dr. Pisut, wrote that voting for a party amounts to giving a daughter to a man in the hope that she will be treated properly, not mistreated or abused. So what basically has happened here is the uh, coalition now has been formed between the Puatai Party and the Bum Jai Thai Party, which is leader is Anatan Sharavakul, who, as I said, was the famous, very famous Minister of Public Health during COVID. He was the guy who called foreigners dirty farangs. Maybe some people remember that. He was also responsible for foreigners not being able to get vaccines here at the beginning of COVID and basically excluded as many as he could. Uh, over recent months, uh, a lot of uh, the health uh, workers in this country have voiced their concerns about him and said that he was probably one of the worst ministers of public health who just didn't know what he was doing and why was he given this job in the first place. And his background is he's uh, in construction. He owned a large construction company, so you'd wonder what public health and him had in common pretty much nothing. But nevertheless, they have formed an alliance. Now, they don't have a huge amount of seats together. I think it's 141 seats with uh, Puatai, and I think they have 71 seats. So between them, they're still going to need another 30 to 40 more seats to be able to have a majority government, because right now there is 500 seats uh, in the parliament. So they'll need at least 251 to be, have a majority within that so they still have more work to do so there's talk about them teaming up with the democratic party which is another strange one because they have been arch rivals for many years but what the article really is saying is that the putai party had basically said that all these parties before the election were their enemies and we're out to get rid of them and bring democracy back to the country now that we've got a chance to build a government well they're not our enemies that was just a slogan you know we didn't really mean it and it's kind of the usual stuff you see in politics one thing before the election and another thing as soon as the election has been finished so that's exactly where things stand but on the same day, there's been quite a lot of protests. Yesterday, when this pact with the Puatai and the Bumjai Thai party was announced, um, there was protests outside the Puatai headquarters, and actually they couldn't get out because of the protests, and the police had to be called uh, to get uh, these leaders of these parties out because a lot of people are very, very upset with them. And some of the groups, including the taxi drivers, they've been protesting against the Puatai-Bumjai Thai coalition. 
Several groups of taxi drivers gathered in front of Puatai headquarters today to express their disagreement over the Puatai Bumjai Thai bid to form a government. Their leader, Warapon Kam Tud, told reporters that they want to declare that they will no longer support Puatai because it is cooperating with a political party that has been in government led by a coup leader. On Monday, Puatai held a joint press conference with Bumjai Thai declaring that they would be the core in forming the government. Bumjai Thai, led by Anatan Sharvakul, is a coalition partner in the outgoing government led by General Prayut Chanacha, who carried out the last coup in the country, which was around 2014. We came here not to object to Puatai's formation of a new government. We just want to express that we will no longer support the Puatai party. Before we fought together with the red shirt people and Puatai against Bumjai Thai, but today Puatai is shaking hands with Bumjai Thai. We cannot accept it, he said. They also burned red shirts and Puatai membership cards to show that they are leaving the Puatai party. Their gathering was held under tight security after the raid on Monday at Puatai headquarters led by Talawong Political Group. So this seems to be the sentiment along, among a lot of red shirt supporters. They're really, really shocked by this and they make it even shocked more. Uh, the PPRP, which is the political wing of the coup makers now headed up by Prawit Wangsuan, they're waiting for their invitation, which is quite funny because they, they basically announced that, yes, we're, we will consider an invitation to join a new government, but we haven't actually been given one yet. So they're hoping they're going to get one so they can slip in there. But I, I think this would be political suicide for Puatai to bring these guys in because they were very clear pre-election in terms of these uncle parties, in terms of the coup makers, that we will not engage or form a government with them. And they've been very, very clear about that. So to go back in the words, to go into government with people that have despised them in the past, by the way, would be, I think, political suicide. But I'd love to know what you think about all of this. It is rather, rather interesting, but we are getting a little bit closer to having a government and a prime minister, which ultimately, of course, would be positive for Thailand because right now things are just floating along with no real, real direction. Now, another quick bit of news. Taksin Shinawatra, we spoke about him a few weeks ago. He was coming home on August 10th. Well, that won't be happening. He won't be coming back in August 10 because apparently, as I said in the last show, the doctors say that he needs to uh, have some checkups done so he won't be able to fly. You know, he won't be able to fly here to return back and do his time and, you know, do what's right. He's put another date on it two or three weeks from now. He's not 100% sure, but interestingly enough, after all of that was said last week, he appeared in Cambodia at Hun Sen's birthday party celebration, him and uh, his sister Yingluk. And they seem to have no problem turning up to that. They were able to fly from Hong Kong to Cambodia. I don't know how they couldn't make it to Thailand for two days later. Or they could have just crossed the border in Cambodia into Thailand. But apparently the doctor's checkup wasn't necessary to go to Cambodia. It's only if you're going to Thailand and his excuses have been made. Again, I think another kind of political dinosaur that needs to be... You know, they, they just need to leave Thailand alone and let younger people start to move this country forward because his type and everything seems to be about him these days. He wants to keep himself in the news as much as possible. If he wanted and if he really cared about Thailand, I think I believe he would just come home, do his prison time and leave it at that. But, you know, I'm coming home in the tent. Oh, no, no, no. Two or three weeks from now. I'd say I would be lucky. I, I, I don't believe he's ever going to turn up unless he gets a sweetheart deal where he serves a week in prison maximum because he has a 10-year prison sentence waiting for him. So it'll be interesting to see how his arch enemies, people who've despised him over many, many years, will react if he comes home 
and gets a quick pardon. That'll all be very interesting to see. Now, we have some more news of people being dismembered here in Thailand and murdered. And yet again, it's another foreigner. Spanish chef admits to Copanyan killing. A Spanish chef has admitted to killing his Colombian surgeon lover and dismembering his body before dumping parts in a landfill on Copanyang and his head in other parts in the sea, police say. Daniel Sancho Broncalo, 29, was taken to Copanyang Police Station on Friday for questioning in connection with the disappearance of Edwin Ortega, 44, a Colombian national. He eventually admitted to murder, said a source familiar with the investigation. The suspect is the son of the Spanish actor Rodolfo Sancho Aguera and actress Sylvia Broncalo, a well-known chef in his home country. He also has a YouTube channel. The victim operated a successful plastic surgery clinic in Colombia. Police found more evidence believed to be human parts after searching a hotel room thought to be where the killing took place, police said on Saturday. Forensic officers collected a sample of hair, fat and tissue from the room's drain and sent them for testing. A police examination of security video from various places on the island showed Mr. Sancho was linked to the case. The Spanish man was the last person seen with the victim before the human body parts were found. Mr. Sancho had gone to Copenhagen Police Station on Thursday night to report that Mr. Arrieta was missing. This came after news spread that some human body parts had been found. Trash collectors on Thursday discovered parts from the body including a pelvis and intestines inside a sack at a garbage dump on the island. So another gruesome killing, another gruesome dismemberment of a body. Seems to be the latest craze here in Thailand with foreigners murder somebody, cut them up into bits and try to spread their parts all over the place. I don't know what kind of people Thailand are attracting and I actually am starting to wonder what kind of human beings are out there in the world these days. But there seems to be a lot of people who just come up with these ideas. I mean, there's no reason why or no motive for killing this man. But then the idea that you're thinking behind, I'm going to chop him up and I'll dismember. It's like they're they're watching movies and getting ideas from it and how to do it. It's become very worrying that these kind of people are turning up in Thailand and these kind of murders are happening. And I, for one, wish and hope that Thai immigration at some point come up with a way to weed out a lot of the criminal elements that are making their way to Thailand. Of course, in a case like this, this guy just decided it looks like he's never killed anyone before. I mean, of course, we don't know, but, you know, this is a spur of the moment thing that he did. But it just shows you that you need to be careful when you're here in Thailand, especially if you live here full time and it's your, it's, it's your home as such. You know, you need to be careful with the people that you're in contact with because I just think there's a load, a load of absolute nutters out there. But I'd love to know, guys, what you think about that too. Do you find Thailand is getting more unsafe? Are you weary of other foreigners that are on holidays here or other expats? I'm always curious about people in that regard. If you meet somebody, you know somebody's not here a long time or short term. I mean... Are you quick to make friends? Are you kind of a bit standoffish? Love to know your comments down below in the comment section. And finally, another story of a man dying in Phuket. And yet again, from going out into the ocean, German man, 52, drowns at Caron Beach. A 52-year-old man, German man, drowned at Caron Beach while playing in the water with his 11-year-old son uh, during the week, last night actually. Police Lieutenant Sharat Lampan of Shillong Police Station was informed of the incident at 8.05 p.m. The man's son said that he and his father went to swim in the water at about 7.30pm. Lieutenant Sharat explained both the boy and his father encountered difficulty in the strong surf. The son managed to swim back to shore, but his father was pulled out to sea, he added. 
Lifeguard launched a search for the German man and later found him and brought him back ashore near the sports ground. The man was unconscious, Lieutenant Sherat explained. Rescue workers performed CPR and rushed him to Shillong Hospital, but the man was later pronounced dead. The German man's body was taken to Vashira Phuket Hospital to confirm the cause of death. And again, very, very sad. But again, questions should be asked. Why are tourists ignoring red flags on the beaches? Why are you going out in a red flag beach at 7.30 at night when it's pitch dark out? There's many, many questions here. I absolutely condolences to the son, to the family of this man, but there has to be questions asked as to why people are continuing to defy the red flags on Phuket's beaches, the clear and obvious danger that you can see when you're looking out there, and then going swimming in the dark. It all adds up to what can only be a catastrophe waiting to happen. Last week, I think it was, six or seven people, foreigners drowned in Phuket from going on the beaches with clear red flags on display and them completely being ignored. And to me, that is part of the problem. I don't know what the solution is. Is the solution to close beaches in Phuket during the low season because the foreigners won't abide by the red flag? Or is it to put more people out on the beaches telling people not to go out? And making a law that if you defy a red flag beach, you can be fined or arrested. I don't know, but something needs to be done because there's too many people drowning in Phuket waters at the moment and something urgently needs to be done. But that is it for today, folks. I'm delighted as always that you're able to tune in. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you in the next couple of days. Stay safe out there and thanks once again. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.